Have you ever come across an odd myth, strange story, weird history, or something that just made you scratch your head and say to yourself, you know, I'd love to know a little bit more about that. Well, you're in luck, and you're in the right place listening to the right podcast, because this is the story of... episode of the story of podcast where each week we choose a topic we research it independently we share nothing with each other and then we meet back up to discuss what we have found which is the very episode you are listening to now merry christmas everybody and happy new year i'm smith i'm mike and welcome to our very super special Christmas episode. Merry Christmas, Michael. Merry Christmas. This is actually an episode we meant to do last year. We just kind of never got around to do it. Yeah, I think we <laughs> so. we discussed it and we, we were so late to it. And we're like, you know what? Let's just save it. Put it on the back burner. We'll do it next year. And that time has come. Yeah. It's time to do this. Yeah, that is it. It was a year in the making, so yeah. uh, which was nice because I actually already had all of my research from last year just ready to go. So I just kind of pulled that one up on a Google Doc and added a little bit. So I had an easy week this week. So yeah. I'm psyched. Let's get down to it. So just a, a little disclaimer. Uh, since we, I mean, this is going to be the story of Christmas, but we're not telling you the story of Jesus Christ. We are going to do our best to try to explain the story of the holiday itself. You know, the way, I guess, I don't know, Mike, I don't know how you kind of approached your research. My research, I approached it kind of like uh, I wanted to deconstruct what we see as Christmas, right? Our Christmas day. That's exactly how I did it. And the, the weird traditions that we all grow up and we learn, but you really never understood, well, why do we do these things? Why do we bring a Christmas mm -hmm. tree in the house? Why do people light candles in a window? Why do we hang a wreath? Yeah. Why do we have stockings? Like, yes. There's a, there's a lot of stuff to go over and to kind of deconstruct. There's a lot to it. And let's face it, let, let's just, you know, can we all just take a moment to recognize the fact that the things that go on during Christmas season are quite ridiculous and fucking absurd. Like, the, the shit we do during this holiday, it, it just, they're freaking bizarre. It's weird. It is. After doing the research, I realized that all of the traditions that we have become accustomed to for this holiday have taken about 1,700 years and from all over the world to, you know, become the sum of what we have today as modern Christmas. So yeah. I think that's a pretty good lead in. So let's start, man. All right. Christmas means Mass on Christ's Day. Chrismaessa from the Anglo-Saxon term. The Holy Roman Empire, so a little bit of context, comes in at 312 under the Emperor Constantine. The first recorded Christmas is December 25th, 336. So uh, about almost 24 years later is when the first Christmas comes in. But, you know, oddly enough, in the early days of Christianity, Christmas was not the main holiday. It wasn't. Mike, did you come across what the main holiday was? Well, I mean, I kind of went back and i feel like it was really before all that but it was a scandinavian norseman celebration of the god of yule i think that sure sure well i'm talking about christians though oh, i'm talking about christians oh. do we have a visitor we have a is visitor that is, that is there a knock at the door it's camp there is who is it there he is it's camp everybody it's a christmas miracle 
What's up, dude? Yes! And he's got a silent majority shirt on, too. That's fucking tits. Way to be, buddy. Very nice. Very nice. So, so Camp, we started, man. So, welcome to the program. Say hi to everybody. Thanks. Good to be here, guys. Sorry. Just yes, still getting set okay. up. All good. It's a Christmas miracle. You do what you need to do, sir. But it's perfectly okay. So, we're, we're talking about uh, Halloween tonight, right? Yes. Yes, exactly. They, actually, there is a, a, a little essence of Halloween in the research that oh, yeah. I had found. So... Yeah, we can circle back for that one. Um, but no, Mike, well, I was going with more Christianity. So before we go into the Scandinavian lore and 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 uh, Yule and Rome, Easter was the main holiday in, in Christianity. Yes, it was. That was the big day, you know. And uh, the birth of Jesus was not celebrated, and it was, you know, not until like I said, three thirty six, where that really kind of comes in, uh, which is interesting. Uh, so do you want to? I mean, I got some stuff on the Romans here. Do we want to start on the Romans before we get to to Yule oh, and? We, yeah, all right, let's go start with the Romans here. Obviously, if you know the story of Jesus, uh, it starts with the Romans. That's that's where it comes from. Uh, now, uh, there's a, a lot of speculation. You hear a lot of people. Now, I, I will say this. Everything that I have read that links, and there's always a, a lot of talk about linking Christmas to pagan holidays yeah. or pagan festivals. It's all theory. I mean, we have nothing that specifically links it to but it's you know it's either a it's either connected or it's a major coincidence that's what i kind of came out of with this i have a question i don't know if you want to get into this at all but do you know what they mean when they say oh it's a pagan holiday do you know do you really know what that is did you look into that yes i think we should kind of break that down a little bit just so people can understand sure. what right. that is so that goes to saturnalia that we were talking about prior to recording. So that was a pagan celebration of Saturn. That was the Roman god of agriculture and time. And usually it began as a single day, but by the late Republic in, in the Roman Empire, which is about 133 to 31 BCE, it expanded to a week-long festival during December, generally starting on the 17th, which in the Julian calendar, which is what the Roman used at the time, their winter solstice fell on December 25th. And so when we talk about pagan, we're just talking about polytheistic society. Monotheistic meaning belief in one God. Polytheistic is meaning uh, multiple gods or, or not the Christian God. So that's really what they're referring to with, with pagans. And so when you talk about Romans and Greeks, the Christians would refer to them as pagans. The, the Norse would be pagans. I wanted to go as the going down the rabbit hole kind of goes when you start reading into sure. things. So there are, I don't know if you looked into it, but there are eight pagan holidays. Did you know about this? Hmm. So there's Still? eight pagan holidays. The first one is for Yule, which is generally was celebrated okay. December 20th to the 23rd, which signified the winter solstice and uh, preparation mm -hmm. for the upcoming cold months. There's Embolic, which is February 2nd, which is the celebration of the promise of the return of spring. And what is February 2nd? Groundhog Day. Oh, Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. Yeah. Very good. Then there's Ostara, which is March 19th to March 22nd, which is the celebration of spring and fertility. And what's also at that time? Uh, Easter. Easter. Easter, generally. And also... The spring solstice. Beltane, which is May 1st, which is the halfway point between the spring and summer solstice. And it's also okay. the celebration of fertility. Nothing really significant about May 1st, but... Then there is Litha, which is June 19th to the 23rd, which is the start of summer solstice, and then the celebration of harvest. There's another one I can't even pronounce. It's L-U-G-H-N-A-S-A-D-H. -A -A no clue. Didn't even look into it. Lugenstadt. 
Lugashach. 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 Which is the midway point between the summer and autumn, which is generally the mark of the first harvest. There's Meban, which is September 21st to the 24th, which is the autumn equinox. And it celebrates the arrival of autumn. And then there's Samahan, which is October 31st slash November 1st, which is the time and honoring passing of souls, which is Halloween. And Day of the Dead, yeah. But now we know what the yeah. pagan holidays All are and how they really coincide to a lot of the holidays we celebrate nowadays. I was blown away by that. Yeah. And and all the, the equinoxes and, and, um, and sure. weather-related. Right. And hey, we all know when, when a season starts and ends. We all like, oh, you know, it's the first day of spring or it's the first day of summer. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody knows it. And this is why people know it. Which makes sense because, you know, uh, I mean, really at its core, pagan is, is anybody that, that holds beliefs that are not accepted within the mainstream of main religions. And so all of the religions that came before Christianity are going to be called pagan religions because they're not Christian. Christians are going to refer to them as pagans. It just makes sense. Yeah. So and, and you're right, because all of these and this kind of goes into the whole story behind the 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 origin the the origin of christmas and christmas was held at the same time as the winter solstice festivals and and it it, it makes sense it, it's it makes sense to for the christians to do this if you're going to start up a new religion what is the most important thing that you need to have to make your religion worthwhile and as well as powerful what do you need people exactly. followers you need celebration yeah Holiday. followers <laughs> Followers and a holiday, absolutely. So they're going to like set up shop during these solstices, and they are going to, you know, try to essentially win over converts. And uh, I mean, the middle of the winter had been, as you mentioned, Mike, had been celebrated around the world centuries before Jesus was, you know, supposedly arriving on Earth. The Europeans celebrated the light and the birth and the darkest days of winters, and Native Americans did the same thing. The the celebration of the the winter solstice, solstice I always keep calling it Eric Stoltz. The Eric Stoltz <laughs> is, you know, it's an incredibly uh, important time of year it is that part where the darkest days are kind of getting behind us and and we are slowly heading into the light and that kind of goes into the idea of uh, mithra and uh juvenilia right and um mike did you find anything on mithra and juvenilia i didn't do much on juvenilia i know you you said that you touched on it a little bit but mithra is we know that mithra's birthday was actually on december 25th um, Mithra yep. is the unconquerable god of light between heaven and earth. From the Romans, and they, this From the is Romans. Romans. Yes. So it, essentially, yeah, the, the the unconquerable sun, right? Yes. I mean, it's essentially what it is. And the interesting part is, right, the sun, the 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 god unconquerable sun, S U N. So what do the what do the Christians do? They take S U N and make it what S O N. Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting that they 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 actually accepted the holiday that was December twenty fifth as Jesus Christ's birthday because of his birthday being the twenty fifth and he's the Son God and now Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that's how we have that day. Pretty interesting. Yeah, it's like copy my homework but change it a little bit kind of deal, right? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and and there's a lot of it, right? There is also. Um, there is 
Back in the day, they believed that all of the saints and the prophets and all of the major religious people were all conceived and born on the same days. Not conceived and born on the same day, but like the, uh, Jesus was conceived on, um, they say, on March 25th, which happens to be right near the spring solstice. Yeah. And nine months after, March 25th happens to be December 25th. So it's kind of like that even nine months so they, they kind of, they put it on there as well. There's a whole bunch, right? Saturnalia, again, being on the winter solstice, which falls on the 25th uh, with the Roman calendar, right? Under the Julian calendar. There's a ton of reasons why that these start to kind of line up on the same day. And it's interesting because during Saturnalia, again, that is the celebration of Saturn. All work and business comes to a halt. Sounds familiar. Uh, schools and courts are closed. Sounds familiar. Uh, your normal social patterns are kind of suspended. People, they decorated their homes with wreaths and other greenery. Uh, and they shed their traditional togas and they started to wear like more colorful stuff. And, um, you know, these wreaths that were made out of evergreen a lot of the times happened to be also from greenery that stayed green during the winter as well and didn't die off. Um, enslaved people didn't have to work during Saturnalia. Um, they were able to participate in the festivities and, you know, Romans, uh, gambled and they sang and they played. And that was, I don't know if you, you had found this too, Mike, but for hundreds, you know, if not thousand, uh, about a thousand years, Christmas was debauchery. It was a fucking crazy party. Christmas was like Las Vegas. I mean, it was nuts. Yeah. It was hookers and gambling and partying and drinking. And it was like crazy. So that really brings us to more of the Yule Log and the Festival of Yule. Mm. I just want to jump in real quick. One one thing I did learn, one thing I did look into, Smith brought up March 25th as and then December 25th. It went even further than that, that they there was some records from a, a pope way, way back saying that creation happened on March 25th. Like the whole world, yes. the whole universe was created. And yes. and that ties in with spring also because spring is the rebirth, right, of everything. Yes. So that was the beginning of time, apparently, in this uh, this context. So then Christ yep. was born nine months after that. That's that's when the world started, folks. Was March twenty fifth as well, apparently. Yes, which makes <laughs> sense. I mean, in that view, because you, these are important dates for harvest mm -hmm. societies. These are important dates for for societies that that rely upon the harvest and rely upon everything relies upon the harvest. So yeah, you're absolutely right. So at the same time, it, as Mike was bringing up, right, in Yule or in Scandinavia, you've got Yule, which is Norse. They celebrated Yule. From my information, I got from December twenty first right through January. Is that correct, Mike? I don't know if I have exact dates, but what I did get, and I thought this was kind of interesting. So the god Yule was the god of sex and fertility. So that's why when they had these celebrations, they were insane. It was a 12-day event. And this is actually, it's funny when you think about it, but we have a song, The 12 Days of Christmas. And the 12 days of Christmas were based off of this. It all, it's crazy how all of this stuff links up because within the Catholic Church, and, and well, sorry, within Christianity, from twelve, uh, from from December twenty fifth to January sixth, is called the Epiphany. That is the Epiphany within the the Christian religion, which happens to be twelve days. And those twelve days on January sixth is said was when uh, the Magi were supposedly the day that they met, they came and they gave the gifts to Jesus Christ. 
And so it's they both both of these sides have these 12 days of Christmas built into the real it's crazy how all it's again like I it's I don't think there's coincidence. I think all of these are linked and all of these stories were somehow oh, influenced by each other. So continue. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that is. So what they would do is the Yule log was the fact that they took this giant log and generally it would be from a tree of significance. And so when you think about when they're chopping down trees and it's getting cold, all the trees have lost their leaves at this point in the year. They looked at the evergreen tree as it had magical powers because it still was green year round. Still green. So they made sure mm -hmm. that they took a large, a large phallic, phallic log and they would burn it for 12 days. And during that time, they, wow. that was also accompanied with animal and human sacrifices on the daily. Ooh. Yeah. Let's bring nice. that back. Right? Yeah, sure. All these burning good. shit. Sounds good to me. And sacrificing things? Orgies and sacrifice, right? Sure. Okay. Midnight so climax. Uh -huh. Midnight climax. You know it. So part of that, they <laughs> all believed that burning the Yule log, because it came from this magical tree, it brought them luck. It would ward off evil spirits and would lead them into a prosperous year ahead. Very nice. I thought that was really wild stuff. It's like the spirit, essentially, right? The spirit of Christmas is goodwill and good tidings and good luck for the next year. We, we keep talking about January 6th. And Mike, you're Italian. Maybe you remember this. Yeah. Did you ever hear of Little Christmas on yes. mm, January 6th? You heard of that too, oh. Smith? When I was younger, we, we didn't celebrate it. But I remember January 6th was... It was called Little Christmas, and it was kind of like a smaller thing. We had like a special dinner, and I never – I was like, what? Is there like two Christmases? I, like I didn't know what it was. So those two dates keep coming up in in, uh, in my research through the 25th of December or January 6th as being the birth, the birth date of Christ. It's kind of uh, – it's in between. What that comes from, Joe, is what I was talking about with the uh, – what's that word? Uh, the epiphany. And so the the original celebration of Christmas was from was from January 25th, where we think of the end of Christmas nowadays, modern Christmas, like when we do the 12 days of Christmas, the 25th is the last day. Mm -hmm. Actually, in the old school Catholic uh, celebration of it, December 25th was the first day and 20 uh, and the sixth was the 12th day. So little Christmas looks it's it's the last day of Christmas. So Christmas begins on the 25th and it ends on the epiphany of January 6th. I like that. Um, where that is is the first showing of the world. A uh, a Gentile, it's the first time a Gentile was able to lay eyes on on Christ and mm, Christ the baby. Okay. And so, yeah. And and it's, I, again, the, the it's so strange how there's a 12 days with the Catholic religion and there's a 12 days with the Norse religion. It's just, it's interesting. It's really interesting how that happens. But you know what's really strange? Why the hell does everybody say that Christ was born in uh, winter when most likely, and again, this is not why, but we've kind of already touched upon that. You needed to put something along the same time that all these other pagan holidays are happening. So I found two interesting pieces of evidence that point to Christ not being born. Uh, sorry, I'm going to ruin Christmas. In December. So the first one is the registration. So that was the the census that was being decreed by Caesar Augustus that 
quote, uh, all the inhabited earth to be registered, unquote. And then everybody, you know, they had to register to the, to the census in their own city, which may have required a journey of a week or more or so, according to Luke. Right, that order, you know, most likely for taxes and things, would have been probably unpopular at any time. But now it's most it's very unlikely that he was going to force people to take that trip in dead of winter as well. So that's probably, you know, not a good time to enforce that. And second, I never thought about this, but the sheep. They say in Luke, and I quote, the shepherds were living out of doors and keeping watches in the night over their flocks, unquote. Now there is a book written called the the daily life in the time of jesus that notes that the flocks lived in the open air from the week before passover which is late march through mid-november then it adds they passed the winter under cover and from this alone it may be seen that the traditional day for christmas in the winter is unlikely to be right since the gospel says that the shepherds were in the fields therefore most likely the shepherds and the flocks would not have been in the fields. They would actually have been undercover at that time as well. So that kind of busts the myth. So I wanted to jump back there real quick. I like that. The other thing, we're not going to talk about the, the elephant in the room, but we had a discussion about the changing of the calendar. And oh, we yes. know that, that sounds vaguely familiar. We changed a lot of things about how the year really ends and where it began. Time change. It was mm-hmm. we had a conversation about this not too long ago. I vaguely remember it. But if you guys I think remember, so. this sounds familiar to me. If you remember, when did the year begin? Oh, technically uh, in in March. It was in March. Yeah, right. It was in March. Yeah. So yep. it began when Christ was really born in March. And remember, December, the tenth month of the year, was the end of the year, which led to the beginning, a new beginning of Christ in that coming year. Yes, you're right. So that makes sense. Yeah. So to bring in, we got to remember, yes, the change from the Julian to the Gregorian calendar right. changes everything and changes how history was recorded after that. And plus, yeah. it changes the way that we must understand history because the way that it was written was written under a different calendar. And we got to remember that. And what folks, what Mike is alluding to is we did a whole episode on the time change from the Gregorian, I'm sorry, from the Julian to the Gregorian cha- calendar. And, um, yeah, so I forgot to, I forgot to download it from discord, um, before it disappeared. And so we lost the whole episode <laughs> and uh, I do need to apologize to Jay Burke for that. Jay, shout out Jay Burke. Love you, Jay. Yeah, shout out Jay Burke. Yeah. We, um, yeah, that, that's totally on me. So there, there's a, there's a, there's a hidden missing lost episode that, uh, we will never get back. So we'll do it again one day. we have to do it again no, it was such a great no, episode i don't think i can it was a good episode. i can't face it i can't face it anyways all right back back to christmas so we've got yule we've got the winter solstice we've got uh the roman you know holidays the roman um winter festivals we've got christmas somehow ending up on the 25th oddly enough uh really because uh, again Christmas for for a long time is not celebrated very much. It's really not a, a big holiday. Like I said, Easter was really the main holiday. Charlemagne actually gets crowned on uh, December twenty fifth, eight hundred, and that becomes a really really big day for the king as well. And they they start to celebrate the day a bit more because that brings a little bit more clout to the day as well. And so it's slowly but surely Christmas starts to kind of build up steam over time and become this thing that we had or that we have now 
and but it takes a while it takes a long time for christmas to be considered to you know what we what we have actually at one point martin luther and the protestants outlaw christmas they ban it it's it's crazy they banned it in in england for a while from 6 1659 to 1681 it's straight up outlawed in boston you cannot anybody exhibiting quote unquote the christmas spirit was fined five shillings so look at that shit you, you like this and and i have that part of my research labeled the fucking puritans because like the fucking puritans like here here we go again like but at the same time and i and i noticed that too as we get over maybe to north america in the the northeastern part you know, portion which is very very protestant again christmas is not really celebrated much but the further down south you go it absolutely was like jamestown at the same time under john smith is absolutely celebrating Christmas, especially from uh, the the winter of 1609 to 1610. If any of my history people out there, they had quite a feast for Christmas. Anybody? Anybody? Bueller? No, it was a bad winter. They ate each other. That's why I said that. Oh. Cannibal joke. Cannibal joke. Yeah, cannibal joke for history teachers. It was literally 1609 to 1610 was called the starving time. So they, oh. they ate each other. Wow. Moving on. Christmas trees. So... Why do we have Christmas trees? Yay! <laughs> the Germans. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Puritans. Um, so as you guys said, Christmas trees and, and all that ornamental stuff had to be evergreen because it lasted through the winter, so that's one thing. That's why you also brought it in the house, was because it was a sign of prosperity. It was still living throughout the winter. You would trim your Christmas tree and take the, the branches and limbs you cut off, and you would make a wreath out of the extra of your Christmas tree. And that's where mm-hmm. wreaths came from. And but do you know why we we hung a wreath on the door? No, keep away bad spirits. Right to keep away the Something evil pagan? spirit. Another pagan thing that they did. Yes. Another pagan thing. And and that the reason why it was in the shape of a circle because they felt that the circle and green it would actually had a magical power that ward off evil spirits. And also same thing with mistletoe. Mistletoe was also incorporated that way. Of course it was, yes. Going to shapes, too. Do you ever notice that like, when you draw a Christmas tree, it's a triangle? I never even like realized yep. that. Yeah, that represents the trinity of, of Christ. So there's your other Catholic tie-in to the pagan ritual. Yep, and a lot of Christians would actually build pyramids of wood and decorate them with evergreens and candles as well, if mm-hmm. uh, trees were scarce. And so, yeah, you're right. So the idea of the trinity, the, the pyramid, the triangle... Uh, the Christmas pyramid made of wood, uh, which was fantastic to put candles on as well. Really smart. They're yeah, very, very safe. I was. I just wanted to tell you this joke. So I had a patient years ago. A little old man. He came into me, and he was like, "He's like, oh, he's like, I just finished putting up this deck. I have this huge deck." And I said, "Well, I don't know if you know this, but if you trim the bushes, it makes the deck look bigger." He's like, "Really?" <laughs> I said, yeah, you have to trim the bushes. Makes makes the deck bigger. It does. <laughs> Bravo. You know, it, it really, the, the 19th century really kind of brings in this, a Christmas that we would more or less kind of understand and, and kind of identify with a little bit more. Uh, the Victorian era, especially, uh, which is generally considered to be from 1837 to about 1902, uh, really kind of solidifies Christmas as we know it. 
Um, Prince Albert, uh, you, Prince Albert in a can. Do you have Prince Albert in a can? <laughs> How'd he get in there? You should let him out. <laughs> so, so, I, my student, Mrs. Smith, can I go get some tissues? My nose is running. I said, yeah, you better catch it. <laughs> dad joke. <laughs> Hashtag dad I joke. I, I know. It's so lame. Uh, so 1846, you have Queen Victoria and Prince Albert. They are sketched for uh, the London News, and they are standing with their children around a Christmas tree. And that's one of the first times that a royal family is actually shown with a Christmas tree. So it becomes popular as well. And that is, again, during the Victorian era, where right we, we're going to start to kind of see this new type of modern Christmas, again, that we would all kind of recognize. But before we get into that, Let's get to this St. Nick guy. There's a lot going on with that guy. Legend of Santa Claus, right? Traced back to St. Nicholas, born in uh, around 280 uh, CE uh, in Turkey. So shout out to, to Thanksgiving. Um, and St. Nick apparently is, uh, he gave away all, he was kind of wealthy. He inherited his wealth. He traveled around the countryside. He was known to help poor and sick people. He became known as like the protector of children and sailors. Uh, he's very, very big, you know, in Dutch culture as well. And he was also like, he was known as a miracle worker. I mean, that was, that was one of the things is he was like St. Nicholas, the miracle worker, you know, and he was, uh, I, I don't know any of his specific miracles off the top of my head. So, you know, this, he kind of comes up and, and it's going to enter American pop culture in the 18th century in New York, but St. Nick first enters, or St. Nicholas first enters American pop culture in the 18th century in New York. New York, hey, my my history folks, what was New York called before it was New York? York. Jesus, no, are you serious? <laughs> Fucking <laughs> We only live in New York, it's okay. Um, uh, you're going to kick yourselves. New Amsterdam? Oh, oh yes, that's I know that. right, yeah. I knew that. Yes, New Amsterdam, so... Yes, thank you. A lot of Dutch families were there, right? And so they would gather and to to honor the uh, to honor the anniversary of the death of Saint Nicholas, right? That is Dutch for Saint Nicholas, which then they would kind of in slang term call it Sinterklaas for short, which then becomes Santa Claus, right? And that's where they build that kind of into it. 1809, Washington Urban, uh, who is famous for what what story? Oh, um, uh, no, this I do know. <laughs> You're throwing them out too quick. <laughs> it's not Christmas. Takes now. place upstate New York. Oh, the legend the, of Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow, yes. There we go. Got, got one. He writes a semi famous book called uh, A History of New York, which he then talks about Sinterklaas. And New Yorkers and everybody else start to read about this guy. 1821. There is a book uh, written or a poem written that's called um, Old Santa Claus with Much Delight. And this is the first mention of Santa Claus uh, being this gift giver, right? Delivering gifts on uh, December 24th. And so, you know, obviously St. Nick was known to give out candy and coins and toys during his life. But the, 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 the Christmas Eve of this man coming around and giving gifts as the first mention of that, as well as having a sleigh that was pulled by a single reindeer. 1822, the Episcopal minister, Clement Clark Moore, he writes what famous poem? It was the night before Christmas. That is it, yes. Ooh, yes. 
See that one. Was the night before Christmas, or also known as an account of a visit from St. Nicholas. And that is, right, I mean, that's that's the story that we now know of St. Nick. I just read that to my son the other night. That's the story that it really kind of births this American Santa Claus from us. And then Thomas Nast is going to draw a picture or illustrate a picture of uh, St. Nick that he kind of gets from the night before Christmas, but it's been black and white. And then 1931, what happens, Mike? The Coca-Cola company depicts Santa Claus to help sell their products and really shapes, I think, what we yes. see in Christmas nowadays, commercialism. And yes, from that, we wind up getting this fat, jolly, red and white, this classic picture that we all know as Santa Claus. Yes, because Coca-Cola's colors are red, red and white. white. Red and white. There it is. Commercialism is why he will never hold a Pepsi. Right. The polar bears are, are Coke, right? They're yeah. Coke, yeah. That's Coke too. Yeah, wow. Okay. Pepsi is, uh, yeah. you know, they don't, they don't buy into Christmas. No, apparently Pagans. not. Yeah, Pepsi. Yeah. <laughs> Pagan Pepsi. This show is sponsored by Pepsi, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And so what we see with the modern Christmas is this, this raucousness, this debauchery of Christmas sort of starts to slow down in the mid-19th century. And it goes from this festival-like celebration to more of a toned-down sort of like family-centered day. And where, again, like you had a lot of it, early Christmas celebrations were getting hammered, getting laid, eating a ton for days at a time. And people were kind of, um, I don't want to say sick of it, but, you know, they wanted to put a kind of a new spin on it. And that this new modern Christmas that we have is this idea of going from that wild, right, to a more tame version, which is similar, if you think about it, to a Christmas carol, right? It is, it's a very similar type of story where you have Scrooge going from his old ways to his new, more familial ways where, right, he then gets this new toned down vision of lightheartedness and goodwill and grace towards man. And that same kind of concept is applied because at the very time is when the celebration or the type of celebration of Christmas was changing as well. It's almost like the poster boy of the change from that old guard to the new modern family Christmas, which I thought was really interesting uh, as well. 1828, New York City Council instituted the first police force in, in response to a Christmas riot. I didn't know that. Did yeah, you know that was cool. Did not. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Did you guys catch, there was, going back to St. Nicholas a little bit, they said that he was so captivating as a person, and he was this person that everybody knew of, and one of the stories was he was such a, a strong person that he himself had captured the devil and now controlled the devil. Oh, I did that. not read that. And no, by him capturing and saying, "Hey, I now have control of the devil." That horned creature was now under his control. What horned creatures are under Santa's control? <gasps> reindeer. The reindeer. The reindeer are oh, actually sure. the devil being controlled by Saint Nicholas. Interesting. What? Right. But does that not also correlate with Krampus, though, in Germany? Where yes. Krampus is this horned, horrible, demon-esque creature that doesn't necessarily work for uh, uh, Santa, but he does kind of do the bidding of and steals children uh, and, and eats them. 
Okay. He's like the Venom yeah. to Spider-Man. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> Apparently, there was another one that's very similar to that. And I don't remember exactly where it was, but he would steal the children and take them to Spain for a year. <laughs> so it wasn't as bad as Krampus, but they went to go live in Spain. Jeffrey Epstein? Is that who you mean? <laughs> it's a Jeffrey Epstein Christmas. <laughs> Krampus was uh, Harvey Weinstein. Harvey so, <laughs> Weinstein. <laughs> they were doubling up there. Oh, man. Terrible. Found this pretty interesting piece, too. And I wanted to see um, what was Christmas like for slaves in America? We talk about Christmas in the United States and we have all of these things, but you know what's never mentioned is slavery and Christmas, right? I mean, think of it. It's goodwill towards men and, you know, all of this stuff. But yet at the same time, and especially since Christmas was really kind of, it was more celebrated in the South than it was in the North. Mm-hmm. And yet these motherfuckers own slaves. So what was happening down there? And right. so Let's according to Robert E. May, he's a professor of history at Purdue University. He's author of a book called uh, Yuletide and Dixie. Slavery, Christmas, and Southern memory. The owners, they had a lot, of, obviously, they, they had a lot of fear of rebellion during this season. And so what they would do is sometimes they would show a preemptive uh, show of harsh discipline. And so they would sometimes before the Christmas celebrations, they would beat their slaves horribly just so that it was, a, a, you know, to send a message out prior to. But, you know, they, they they didn't sell anybody or buy anybody during the Christmas holidays, so that was nice of them. They didn't make their slaves work either. Um, however, some uh, some of whom would be shipped off away from their families on New Year's Day. So they didn't sell anybody during Christmas or the Christmas holidays, but on New Year's Day, many did. And New Year's Day was known and was widely referred to by slaves as Heartbreak Day. And so when the first of the year came, many, many families were broken up. It also gave uh, white people the ability to express their paternalism and their dominance over their slaves as well, who pretty much lacked any sort of economic power or means to purchase gifts. So Stephen Nissenbaum, he writes a book called The Battle for Christmas. He shares how uh, white overseers would uh, give gifts to uh, their slaves to kind of keep them happy rather than physical violence. And they would also allow slaves to uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. There was John John Coonering, uh, also known as John Canoe. Um, and I looked into it, and I couldn't figure out who this John Canoe or Coonering was, but what they did was they allowed enslaved people to sing and dance and march through the streets, and they would knock on doors, and people would give them treats uh, and, and, you know, give them little gifts then. And again, there's this this one-sided nature of like this gift giving only coming from one side, right? That's reinforcing this dynamic, right, of white power and paternalism within the slave system as well. So I thought that was a really interesting find because well, listen, I mean, when we when we think about Christmas and we talk about Christmas, when we talk about the history of Christmas. Never once have I ever heard anything expressed or taught to me in my years of taking you know history classes. Of what was the relationship between Christmas and slavery? Mm-hmm. And, and there, there it was. It was just another way for white slave owners to express their dominance and their paternalism over uh, their slaves as well. And it really kind of, you know, and not to bring it down on a down note, but no, interesting. I guess point. it did. Yeah, interesting. You know, point. but you know, the idea of um, New Year's Day being referred to as Heartbreak Day really fucking broke my heart. Yeah, you know, it's like that's. That was shitty, you know, it was really, it's, you know, it's fucked up, man. It's fucked up. So, you know, I, I, that was something that I, I 
was interested in, in seeing because I, I just never I never learned about that. I never heard about that. Got something good for you. Christmas lights. Oh, the first okay. set of Christmas lights was made in 1882 by the Edison Company. Then General Electronics, they're the one, GE, made a 24-count Christmas light set, which at that time they sold for $12. Probably less. That's a lot of money back then. That's, yeah, that's a lot of money today, too. It's equivalent to $280 today. <laughs> Damn. You know where the idea for Christmas lights came from? No, I have no idea. Think about it. Edison? Phones? Well, I mean, the light bulb, of course, yeah. yeah. It, the idea came from the phone company on the telephone switchboard. The lights blinking. Oh, okay. That's where they came up with oh, the shit. idea for Christmas lights. Really? Like that. That's yeah. really good. Right? I thought that was a cool one. I could see that. It is cool, but they just seem so stupid. Like, <laughs> they look at a telephone switchboard, they're like, we should decorate our house like that. Like, what about commercialism? What the fuck? That's the part which is so crazy. Because, you know, like I said, the first Christmas comes in, it, you know, it's recorded in December 25th, 336. So it, it's been 1700 years, uh, just about, give or take, a couple of years, that we have manifested this iteration of Christmas that we have today, which ha- has just been totally taken over by capitalism. 100%. Mike, when did you start putting up Christmas stuff in the pharmacy? Unfortunately, November 7th this year. Get the oh, fuck no. out of here. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. Wow, that was totally not what I was hoping you were going to say. I w- All right, I went to the store. I saw Christmas shit up in September. Yeah. We... Yeah, I saw it in September. I can't do it. it. It drives me crazy when I see it out too early. Yeah. Okay, well, you do have control over when that comes out. Life as we get older get, get, goes fast. To me, when you start rushing all these holidays and you start mixing them all together, to me, it just makes time feel like it's just flying by even more. So I, I maybe just I'm weird or, or maybe it's just me, but I like to enjoy the holiday. Enjoy whatever holiday it is. Say if it's Halloween. Halloween will go up, to, as far as I'm concerned, October 1st comes down November 1st. Sure. November 1st, you can decorate for fall, Thanksgiving, get through Thanksgiving. That Friday, Black Friday, you can decorate Christmas. I, I got no problem with that. Do you know why they call it Black Friday? No, it's, no. Retail. You don't know? Uh, well, All right. Working retail most of my life, I can tell you I worked in the mall on many, many a Black Friday. Traditionally, it was the day that retail sales were so high that your your books went back into the black. You, right. you started mm-hmm. profiting more. You went from red so, to black. Yeah. So, Mike, you had mentioned uh, Halloween. If you go back to Victorian uh, Christmas era... A lot of the poor people would also go knock on doors and sing songs. And you were supposed to treat them with some sort of candy or a cookie. Uh, And if you did not, uh, or maybe, I don't know, figgy pudding. And if you did not, very often, they would do something malicious to your house, which sounds very similar to what other holiday? Trick or treat? Halloween. Yeah, the, this idea of knocking on the door and singing or doing something and then expecting and something in return and not getting it was co-opted by Halloween after that. That's why they would say, uh, you know, it was the song, give me, give us figgy pudding, right? We want our figgy pudding. And that's, it's a callback to that behavior back in Victorian England. So I have a question for you guys. Sure. Do you guys think that the fact that we bring our children up 
and we tell them all these things about Christmas and believe in Santa and all these things that we teach them, do you think that we're doing the right thing? Or is there something to be said wow. to to be honest <laughs> with our children? Well, I've been thinking I had about this, this discussion the other day. Earlier, when I was younger, used to say, fuck that. I'm not lying to my kid. My kid is going to know that his parents have worked their asses off to get him what he wants. And he should, you know, he should know that his, his parents have worked hard and, and yada, yada, yada. And then, you know, like everybody else who doesn't have kids can say and talk a big game about what they would do when they have kids. I had a kid. And then you understand when you see your kid's face and you see oh them get swept up in the magic of Christmas. Yeah. And to yeah. think that I'm not going to let you have that because you need to know that your parents have worked hard to me is was like, what are you, my fucking stupid? Like, that's just yeah. so incredibly selfish for me. <laughs> and to see my son, you know, again, get swept up in this, the magic, it's magic. It's magic. It is, and they believe in it, and it, and to me, personally, for me, it's okay. Like, he wakes up every day, and our elf is in somewhere else, and he goes and he looks for, our elf's name is Tender, I don't know, um, and he looks for Tender. No, 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 not Tender, Tender. I don't know, I don't know, he named him, I don't know, his name is Tender. And so, okay, you put, name. you know, like, the, the, the magic of it, it's magical for kids. And I yeah. think back, and, and when I was a child, and how amazing... And and magical Christmas was, and so I can give that to my son. So I get it. When like when I wasn't a you know I wasn't a dad, I was like fuck that, fuck capitalism. And then I have a kid, and I'm like oh fuck that. So to me, yeah, it's okay. I don't mind it. You know, he can he can have his innocence and he can have his magic. And then when he figures it out, he figures it out. But yeah, no, I, I so I mean, where where you guys have kids? So what do you think? I think you brought up a good point. And when I was childless and unmarried and single and in my 20s and as an atheist mm -hmm. i was like yeah fuck christmas i'm not celebrating christmas blah 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 blah, blah. and even before i had a, a child i kind of just i guess i grew up a little bit i'm still an atheist of course sure. but i really view christmas commercially i i fully buy into that part of it because yeah. that's really what it is and i respect people who go to church and you know they celebrate the sure. religious part that's fine but the the reason I quote celebrate Christmas is because of capitalism. That that's the part sure. I'm celebrating. You know what I mean? So I don't feel two sided about it. I'm not saying my prayers. I'm not going to midnight mass or or any of that stuff. Uh, sure. But then yeah, like you said, when when your your child is born and they see everything, then yeah, you fully you fully give up everything for sure, for sure. You know and. I think it also brings to an important point about we were getting to it before I heard those little feet come up the stairs, but mm -hmm. the fact of, you know, we, we feel that we, they, they trust us. They know no better, but to trust yep. us a hundred percent that we're going to keep them safe. We're going to protect them and we would never lie to them. And everything yep. that we do with this is all about a lie. And if you really think about the disappointment that comes with that, and then the fact of them starting to think about, well, if they lie to me about this, what else are they going to lie to me about? <laughs> and it just, I don't know, maybe it's just reading way too much into it, but. No, it's a good point. It's a good think point. about it. But oh, I look at, I look at it from my perspective and now being a dad and looking back to my experiences growing up, 
I'm so I look back at it as now now that I'm on the other side, I'm I'm the parent in the situation. I'm so grateful that my parents were able to give me so many great Christmases. You, you know, so I don't necessarily look back at it as like fuck it, I got lied to. It was man, they really did a great job, and I'm so happy because so many of my Christmases were so amazing to me. And it makes me want to work harder and give my son an also an amazing Christmas as well. You, you know what I'm saying? And so I get, Mike, I get what you're saying. But I think when you get older, I think, you you know, like you could appreciate it. Like, wow, man, you know, like, yeah, it was a lie. It was a sham. I mean, it's like Santa Claus. But, you know, yeah. I think it's also easier to believe that, you knowing that almost every other child in the world is also being lied to. So it's yeah. not just you. <laughs> you know, to me, it's it's like they, wow, man, they 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 succeeded. They did a good job. They gave me some really good Christmases and I appreciate it. You, you know what I'm saying? Especially, you know, this is coming up on Hitman, the fifth Christmas without my mom, you know? And so this, you know, the holiday season is a little bit tougher. It's not easy. Uh, it makes it easier being a parent because now I get to focus on him. But yeah, like I, I'm, I'm kind of fueled by what well, the, you know, the great job that my parents did, not the good old mushy and shit. Um, but yeah, they did a hell of a job and I, and I appreciate it. And so it makes me want to give that to my son. I think that's kind of where it comes from too. Why a lot of us proliferate this and keep it going is to kind of keep that tradition alive of, I had it and it was special. And so if yeah. I give that to my kid, uh, they'll thank me someday. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, you know, you think about the, those mornings when you wake up and you get those gifts and the, the things that you get mm -hmm. and. You'll never forget. Even Joe, I see you smiling. Like, yeah. you know, you remember yeah. those memories forever. Yeah. And then being able to bring that joy to your own children's life. I mean, that's just it's like a home run every so time. So, guys, what was what was your best gift you ever received for Christmas? That's that's a tough one. I got to think about that, too, I think. What was that moment or that, that opening or whatever? What was the best, the most memorable one for you? Got to be Nintendo. I think Nintendo? it was Nintendo. I was 60... just thinking. Nintendo, I think mine was an, was an was an N sixty four. I think that I remember was getting a regular Nintendo, was... and then an N sixty four years later. My brother, my older brother, had the, the regular Nintendo already, so we already had that. Right, he bought one of you know, when it first came out. Um, but I, you know, like I had a Sega, I, you know, but I think the end. I guess maybe Sega for my birthday or something like that. But the N sixty four, remember, was so revolutionary and so fucking hard to find. And mm -hmm. I was like shocked that I got it, you know. So and that yeah. maybe I think that's the one that kind of sticks out to me. Camp, what do you got? I think the same. I think uh, I remember a Christmas where I got like Nintendo original Nintendo, and I got the gun for Duck Hunt with it for Duck Hunt, yeah. But then my cousin got the trackpad that used to run oh, track. Shit. Remember yeah, that yeah. one? Uh huh. The red yeah. and, and blue, we, the red and blue buttons on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But we yeah, both yeah. like didn't know. And then we went to my grandparents' house. I was like, "Oh, I got the gun," and she's like, "I got the trackpad." And we're like, "Oh my god!" Like we had everything. But that was my. I think that was my one of my earliest memories, and probably my the one that sticks out. Like we, it was what three games, right? And we're like, "Oh my god, we Something have like that, yeah. three Nintendo games. This is yeah. amazing." Yep. So, Mike, what what's yours? What was your standout gift? I think it was I think it was the Nintendo, and then years later okay. it was the, the Nintendo sixty four. But if we're gonna go non video game, I'll never forget when I got Teddy Ruxpin. That was awesome. Oh, oh. shit! Yeah, okay. uh, I'm gonna start getting emotional now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think for me that non video game was I was always a uh, I was always a, an action figure guy, 
And it was when I got not... Do you remember in the early 90s, they had the WWF figures that were the, the six-inch plastic guys? And it, it, not the big rubber ones, but the six-inch plastic ones. The thumb ones? No, not the thumb wrestlers. Not the thumb wrestlers. They were the six-inch plastic ones, and they had a ring that oh. went with it. It was a blue ring. And it's not the big rubber yeah. one. My son has the big rubber one. Um, but it was though that ring that I got, and I got the Ultimate Warrior figure, who was my favorite. I was always mm, a Warrior yeah. fan. I remember that. And, uh, and a couple other guys. But that was, and I think Rick Rude, I want to say. I want to say a Warrior and Rick Rude. And like that was like the beginning of my collection. Those were like the posable ones, right? So I think if I remember correctly, like Rick Rude had like the one arm up and then the other arm like one arm up and the other arm like this. Yes, yeah. that you could do the headlock with. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yes, dude, those those were amazing. Yes, those were the those were the best ones. Those were the six inch. Yeah, absolutely. Those are the ones I'm talking about. The early '90s. Yes, they were fucking awesome. Yeah. And then when you got the ring, mm -hmm. you had the wrestling ring that you could actually like have all you guys yes. fighting in there. Yes, and I played with that thing for fucking years. I made my own federation. My Ninja Turtles were fighting in there. I was the announcer <laughs> for the matches. I mean, I had theme oh, music. I mean, I mean, it was as detailed and close to the real thing as I could possibly. It wasn't just me like holding up two guys in the air, going uh, and just hitting oh, them together. Dude. Like it was legit, man. Like legit. Like I had legit feuds. I mean, yeah. Uh huh. It it was real. It was real. It was, it was ridiculous. But I remember when I when I got an action figure that actually had the belt. That's it. It was like, yep. there's a fucking title match going down tonight. I'm like, there's it's a happening. real, yes, there was, yes, it was a real belt. And it was like, holy shit. Yeah. Oh, and now, like, you look at, but it was like, coveted, like, it was so real. And then, you know, like, dude, it was, it was, yeah, it's a lot of fun, dude. I played with those up until I was like yeah. 27. And comic book <laughs> okay. figures. I had like Spider Man. Yes. Dude, Turtles. yes. You could bring in other, other figures. Yeah. Like He Man and all that shit. Like, it was fucking, dude, yeah. every Casey Jones. The Casey oh, Jones Casey figure. Jones. I had an Intercontinental champion. He was my champion for fucking years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mine always went between Hogan and the Warrior. There was always a few. Of course. Of course. Oh, I love it, man. Oh, yeah. All right, gentlemen. I think uh, we've definitely gone. Um, I don't want to say off the rails because we ended with some good Christmas moments. Um, but I think I think we hit this one pretty hard. I'm very proud of us. So. That was good, guys. Um, those of you that made it to the end. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, this one, I, I will admit, it's a little bit all over the place, but I don't fucking care. It's fine. I think we did a hell of a fun, fun one. one. So, yeah, absolutely. All right, gentlemen, uh, from everybody or, or all of you out there listening, thank you uh, from everybody here. We wish you a very Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, y'all. Remember, there's more to history than what's in the books. So stay out there, stay you, stay weird, and Merry Christmas, fuckers. Hold on, kids calling. <laughs> hey. Pause. 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 Break time. What's going on? Sure. What'd you do? Your tooth fell out? You pulled out your tooth? <laughs> oh, nice. Good job. I was just upstairs with my daughter. Hers, hers is falling out. I was just doing it. She wouldn't let me, though. It's so funny. <laughs> okay, you're okay? This is totally staying in the episode. I'm not editing this out. <laughs> have to edit it. <laughs> How old are they? They're losing teeth. I thought they were like older. She's 11. They're like 25. They're like 25. Yeah. Can you <laughs> see them? Teeth. Yeah. We're recording the podcast. Hey, girls. <laughs> Tell them to come on. <laughs> we should do an episode where we all bring our kids on. Yeah, that would be gonna... epic. <laughs> Dude, that would be really cool. Have them all run My kid would just go like, he would just like interrupt them and go, excuse me.
Excuse me. What time are you coming home? Um, she's she's eleven. It's eight thirty. She should be home. What what's going on? Listen, she's at her friend's house. They went for like a Christmas thing tonight. It, it's Friday oh. night. It's boys night on the podcast. It's the girls' night to go there hang out. Friends, it works. Did you tell her we're ruining Christmas right now? No, I would never. <laughs> when they're when yeah, she, once they out. finally find out the truth, and I'm like, okay, listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know the truth about destroying it? Christmas right now? Hold on a second. I hear little feet coming. <laughs> oh. Hey, you gotta be careful. Oh, so oh, you know, I got a question for you, Joe. Yeah. Because we know we know your answer, Dan. Joe, do you have an elf living in your house? Yes. Um, you do. I do. Yep. What's your elf's name? Uh, Twinkle. Twinkle. Sorry, what is I it? like that. I think very... Twinkle, like Twinkle, Twinkle, Twinkle. little star. Okay. Yeah. So Aww, someone just came cute. to visit me. It's my daughter, and so we. And we're weird. We don't have one elf. We don't have two elves. We now have three elves living in this house. Oh. That's There's amazing. Three. Yes. Who was our first elf? That's a lot of elves. Yeah, our first elf was Sprinkles. Okay. What about our second? Cousin of Twinkle. Yep. The second was Snowflake. Okay. And now we have a third elf who just came here miraculously about a week ago. Get out of here. Yeah. And our new elf's name is Candy Cane. Candy Cane. That's very nice. That's awesome. Good Christmas names. Yes, I'm actually jealous. Our first elf just appeared last year, so he. This is only our 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 son's only three, so you know it makes sense. I guess they give a year to figure out life before they come in. But yeah, yeah, we 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 just got our first. I'm curious. I hope another one shows up. That would be pretty cool, right? So. Yeah. Of all the thing, all the mischief that the elves have ever gotten into, what what's your favorite thing about the elf? Mischief that they did. Yeah, what's your favorite thing that they've done? I'll do um, snowflake and sprinkles because Candy Cane hasn't done any mischief yet. You still knew. Yeah. But the, still the most the place. they it's ever right. done was um, like when they had like bows like on our back door and they were hanging like upside down and stuff. Like oh, that. I remember that. Yeah, they were climbing the bows on the door. As like a rock climbing. Can I tell you one of one of my favorite things that the elves did? The the elves they put a note to warn us that our milk was contaminated. Oh yeah, I remember that. And they said, "Don't drink the milk because it's green and it was Grinch pee." <laughs> and then they had. Like, I didn't hear. Are you serious? No, I didn't see the note, and I started making my coffee, <laughs> and I took the Grinch pee. And I put it in my coffee. I love it. So apparently, Grinch pee doesn't taste that bad. Yeah. Okay, I I, it's probably drowned out by the bitterness of the coffee. I would make, you know, I mean, that makes sense. Okay, wow. My my tender, which is my uh, you know, my elf tender, has not created any mischief. I'm actually, I'm a little jealous. Joe, does yours create mischief? Uh, Twinkle, no, I don't think so either. I think Twinkle. Just hides and jumps around. So you just got a like? Did you get a bad batch of elves? Like, is that like what happened? They've caused a lot of mischief over the years. I'm trying to think. Recently, recently they took one of the kids' toys, and (laughs) it was like one of these like uh, blind bag things where it had like this fake snow in there, and they literally 
had a giant snowball fight, and there were marshmallows and glitter and sprinkles and everywhere. fake snow everywhere in the kitchen. That's what you Isn't get for having three elves. I mean, you've got three elves. You need to get rid of two of them. Two of them need to move out. So, my question, can elves get put on the naughty list? Ooh. No. Good philosophical so. question. For, right, Is really, it? yeah. Like, Is that possible? You know, like, can... Who polices the police, right? Who, who, you know, like who puts the elves? It really theoretically, the elves could do whatever they want if there's no naughty list. That you know, like, well, I mean, they're they're busy watching these kids during the day, and they report back to Santa at the end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kind of keep an eye on them, make sure they're doing all the right things, like doing their Absolutely. homework, brushing their teeth yep. before bed, taking well, a eating shower. their dinner. Exactly. I have to let my. I have to remind my son at at least three times a day that Tender is watching, and he will report to the big man uh, at some time tonight. So you might want to get your life together, kid. You know, and and, and <laughs> you know, like yeah, it works though. I mean, he, you know, he's you know he's three, so he easy. It's easy for him to forget. But you know, I mean, but I, yeah, what I like to do, do elves get Christmas gifts too. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, you know what? You know what was really cute. One time, it was the last night of the elves, and oh, yeah, I remember. they actually, to say goodbye, they took a picture with the girls when they were sleeping, and they left a picture for them to wake mm-hmm. up to in the morning. Like a selfie? Of them with the elf. Yeah, they, the elf like cuddled up with them in bed and took a selfie. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cute. That's cool. Right? Can I tell the other one? Yeah, it's on. Yeah. So, um, like when it was their last day, um, they um gave us permission that we could touch them and like and watch and we watched like a movie to, with them. Oh, that's cool. What movie? That you is watch? pretty cool. Yeah, what did oh, you watch? Movie. We watched the Elf movie. Probably the Elf yeah. movie. Elf movie. All right, that's good. Yeah, good movie. not like Terminator Two or something. You know. Yeah, that'd be. Could you imagine? <laughs> Let's watch a horror movie. We watched Band of Brothers the entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say to everybody? Good night. Night. Dad, what do you say? This is a Christmas episode, so what are you going to tell them? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Oik, oik. Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Story Up. Be sure to follow our social media accounts on Twitter, Instagram, and threads at Podcast Story Up. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts.